Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. to Bitches on Comics. It is me, Sarah Century, and normally this is the part where I would say, and I'm here with my other host. There is no other host. It's just me. They left the child in charge. So (laughs) we're about ready to go wild. And somebody who is, you know, definitely at least knows one child very well and perhaps even lives with this child. Uh, Stephanie Williams, please help (laughs) me get through this conversation. With your knowledge of how children work. Yes, I will try my best. Um, It's funny because, like, I'm no more the adult in this situation. So it's really, (laughs) we are really running the risk of burning the house down. But it's okay (laughs) because I think someone should have some homeowner's insurance, I hope. Yeah. Mom left $20 and we're going to get pizza. Yes. And a babysitter (laughs) will not be dead. (laughs) The babysitter. Nope. Don't tell mom. The babysitter is dead. Flashback to that movie because what a masterpiece. But, you know, (laughs) I think the words I'm right on top of that rose go through my head maybe 700 times a year. (laughs) Well, we aren't here necessarily to talk about don't tell mom the babysitter is dead. (laughs) We might get back to it. Who knows? But for now, you know, Stephanie Williams, we know you so well. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. But of course, anybody who wants to look through our archive will notice that Stephanie has been on so many episodes of Bitches on Comics. (laughs) And they're some of the most greatest I was going to say absolute bangers. And for some reason, I was like, is that okay to say on air? And then I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> but you've been here and uh, you work on comics uh, frequently. And I would just like to hear some of the stuff that you've done lately. But, you know, we we first started talking to you when you were working at Fangirls. So there's like a whole yes. trajectory. It's a, it's a whole weird uh, road, which... <laughs> Whenever someone is like, hey, um, how did you get into like writing comics professionally? I'm just like, to be honest, I don't even know. I feel like I was like on my way to Walgreens and then accidentally walked into Walmart <laughs> to start with a W. But that's kind of what it feels like. Because um, talking about comics in a very unserious, sometimes serious way. Yeah. Um, to memeing and all of that, and then um, not getting sued by Marvel uh, when I did Living <laughs> Heroes, which I mean, whew, knock on wood, that still doesn't happen. But <laughs> it, like, I, I just kind of got here, and um, it's been, 
I was going to say that it's been a journey and it has. It's been fun, but it's also um, been a bit of a learning curve, um, to be quite honest. Um, writing is hard. Um, and yeah. I feel like that shouldn't be like any kind of writing is hard. Even like the emails are hard. Yeah. Uh, sometimes sending a text is hard. <laughs> Sending text is hard. I know. It's very I was hard, just thinking right? about that. I was like, what do I say in this text even? How do I say it? Because you have to say it differently than how you talk. So it's like already. <laughs> you do. And like, so that someone doesn't like misconstruct it. I mean, like just take it the wrong way, but they yeah. probably still will. Uh, like, they will tweets. anyway. <laughs> they will. So doesn't matter what you try. It doesn't. But uh, the last time I think I was here, like, I was in a thick of Nubia, and that wrapped up last summer, right? Yeah, last summer, um, I think Nubia, Queen of the Amazons, issue four, came out either August or September. I'm sorry, y'all. I do not remember. It's all a blur. But there are two hardcovers <laughs> <laughs> available for both, which is, like, really, which is really cool. Oh, they're gorgeous. They're so pretty. Thank you. They are, and it's just something that, um, I don't know, like, even when I was writing at Fangirls, like, I, if you said, hey, Steph, you're going to be, like, writing Kate comics for the big two, and I'm like, <laughs> you are funny, because <laughs> um, probably not. Like, they would give me, like, I, maybe I might end up in an anthology, and it'll be like, yeah, so, um, never using that email address again, but they believe that did not <laughs> <laughs> and um since i've been doing some other stuff uh i have been working on adapting um the raven cycle which wow i don't read a lot of ya ya um not because i don't like it but because i'm a mom and mm -hmm. those kids they stress me out and i just feel like <laughs> i i fuss like a mom when i'm like either reading these books or listening to them and the raven cycle has been no different because these kids and it's damn forest. And um <laughs> and this key, this Welsh king that they are looking for, or yeah, trying to find and waking up the damn ley line and all that. I was like, I really wish <laughs> that y'all would go sit down somewhere. But you're not gonna sit down somewhere. <laughs> oh no, they're on a quest. This is they're, adventure time. Yes, um, they're on a quest. Um and it was funny because then I was uh, adapting book two. Um I don't want to say it was a secret gay because like it's been hinted at since book one, but there was a secret gay and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so that got me. I was like, oh, well, that's fun. And what a twist. Like I'm, I'm in now. So um, it's it's been a really fun experience because graphic novels and comics are the same and not the same. Like they're both fruits, but um, <laughs> they're yeah. not both apples. Apples and oranges, <laughs> truly. Um, so I've been working on that, and I've gotten to do some Infinity Comics, which have been really fun. Yeah. So that's Marvel's Vertical, which I really like, um, because one, they're quick, and they're closer to what I kind of got my start at, which was doing, like, one-page webcomics and stuff. Mm -hmm. So condensing a story and trying to tell it in 36 pages total with either... Uh, it went from being six panels per page to five. Um, I just recently worked on something, and I think I can bring it up because it'll be out by the time um, this episode airs. But I worked on Little Rocket. Mm. So they were like, hey, you want to do a Muffet Baby style uh, story on Half World? And I was like, I absolutely Oh, do. my God. 
So I, went back, so I went back and I read that Rocket miniseries from, I think, the 80s. Sarah, if you have not read that, you need to I don't read think it. I have. I'm trying to, like, Google it right now because I'm like, what is this? You need to read it because it is insane. Um, and, like, <laughs> so, like, I read that and um, got my inspiration from there. And then, like, uh, watching, uh, I think it's, the show's called Popoyo, which is, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> cartoon on netflix that my son watches uh like before he falls asleep because like they don't talk they just make a little noises um so i was like well same thing it's nice to write a comic where i don't have to write dialogue (laughs) yeah Um, it's the best thing in the world um so between that and reading that far out out of control (laughs) someone's definitely on lsd rocket miniseries from the 80s (laughs) so um (laughs) that was really fun uh the family snick yes that's what i was gonna say yeah to kind of like do this marvel version of uh national lampoon's vacation which (laughs) i never need an excuse to watch those movies but when i was asked about that i was like oh i guess i'm gonna do a little marathon the Vegas vacation, I remember whenever that actually came Vegas. out. Because I think that that showed up in the late 90s. Yeah, it, did, it sure did. 97 to be exact. <laughs> I don't know why I know that exactly, but yep. it did. Um, You're like, I, I know where I was at whenever this <laughs> movie do, premiered. I actually do. Um, <laughs> because I had a serious crush on, um, because they kept like changing the kids each and every movie. That's so right. So on um, Aubrey or whatever, and there is a scene where she's dancing on, I think like one of the signs or something like that. And my oh. mom was like, you keep rewinding that. Why? And I was like, I really like the music. <laughs> this is great, great music. Um, and I just want to keep watching yeah. the music. Um, sorry, I mean listening. Um yeah. Yeah. So I needed no excuse to go back and watch all of those. And I tried to get through Europe and I I don't know why. I think I have no idea why I don't. I just do not like that one like that. Um, The Christmas vacation, Mm -hmm. uh, Vegas vacation. And that first one, like I can watch those all day long. And then I tried to watch the the remake or the updated one with... um, the guy from like the last two or three seasons of The Office. And I, I tried to watch that one and you know, it's fine. I think Chris Hemsworth is in that one too. What? Being funny. <laughs> yeah, it's so random. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I think he's in that one being pretty, pretty funny actually. But I was like, yeah, I'm good. And then I watched Beethoven because Jonathan. I was like, <laughs> I, need, I need animal influence here. Um, and Logan does not care for Jonathan. Um, the same way the dad didn't care for Beethoven at first. So yep, like, okay. yep, but he grows to accept he Beethoven. <laughs> yes, sounds like all the uh, all the movies that are streaming currently, um, I will watch them. So that was just really fun. Um, and Gabby is, Gabby's a treat. I can only Lawrence. imagine. The dialogue just has to write itself with Gabby because what a funny person. <laughs> yes um what a funny clone <laughs> yeah and just the fact that like he has all these children and it wasn't even all his kids it was just like the main ones that marvel was like hey y'all are important so we <laughs> shall prop you up because we always need to have wolverine books out 
Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, that is what it boils down to. But that was really Regardless fun. of the book, they're like, get on in here, you, over to Lake yeah. Logan. <laughs> like, wait, you, I'm sorry, do you have one claw or two claws that pop out? It doesn't matter. Just get over <laughs> here. Like, you have feet claws, too? Ah, Great. The right on over. claws. <laughs> yes. Nothing better. Nothing better. So, like, that was fun. And then um, I think I did a Lunella, um, a Moon Girl story, but I got to include Shuri in that. And it's just, it's just them playing video games. Cause, yeah, because yeah, I'm like, you know, these are two, um, you know, black girls who are, like, uber smart. And we always see them doing, like, just extraordinary things or whatever. And I was like, well, let mm-hmm. them do something ordinary. And, like, let's have Lunella get yeah. um, stuck in a video game. So that was that was pretty fun and and cool. Um, so I was also working on something else that allowed me to watch the Moon Girl series animated series like right. months before everyone else, which sucked. No, I loved it. I love it. I've watched it now, but I'm saying it sucked because I can talk about it with anyone yeah. But my son, <laughs> my son is Micah is like, um, wait, like, why is your name? Like, why is your entire name on the on the TV? I'm like, it is called a screener. So um, <laughs> that is the corporation's way of tracking mommy so that if she decides to, like, upload this to the Internet, she will get sued to the high heavens. And you, even if you wanted to go to college, you would not be able to go to college anymore. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the kind of thing where you're just like, it will actually be like I committed a murder. Actually. Yes, because <laughs> I, I, you all will be, you'll be, in, um, you'll be visiting me in jail. So, uh, <laughs> but he was really good about it. He waited until uh, Moon Girl uh, debuted and everything, and then he was like, I can finally talk about it at school, right? Now. He <laughs> absolutely can. So the fun thing about writing comics, um. <laughs> and then, like, people who only really know comics through the MCU, um, not even yeah. through, like, the DCU, but, like, through the MCU, is that you get asked, like, hey, are you going to the red carpet? And the ugliest laugh, because, <laughs> dude, how much time they don't do you want have? Me there. Because <laughs> they don't want me there. Um, they don't. They don't want anyone there. Um, the, the folks whose, you know, stories and stuff that they've, like, repurposed or whatever to, like, put on the screen, they don't even want them there. Um, they yeah. don't want to pay them. So, no, I will not be at the Wakanda forever. Uh, <laughs> Red carpet, <laughs> carpet Yes. Yeah. definitely asked me that. And I'm like, no. After I laughed for yeah. five minutes. <laughs> after you left and then cried a little bit and then we're just like you know what i'm gonna donate five dollars to this union and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's basically how it goes right because that's uh and i'm gonna say that applies to pretty much everything right now where it's yeah. just like oh well go strikes because here we are yeah because like um so I guess we can talk about this because it's uh relevant and related but um with the writer's strike Um, and I just read something recently where like the studios were saying like, yeah, um, viewers won't actually notice any difference for a (laughs) while. I'm like, well, that sucks because that means that you all are basically possibly waiting for, um, how long writers can hold off without work. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's fun. I saw, too, that one of the things that they're trying to pull is uh, we're going to hire writers back when the strike's over to rewrite our AI scripts. And it's just like, 
Sarah. You know what you could do? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, shoot yourself into the sun, actually. Because <laughs> like, no, nobody is going to do that for you. That's absolutely bonkers that you would even think that that was a normal thing or a workable thing. It's going to cost you more than anything. But that's kind of been the delight of the modern era is just watching corporations kind of shoot themselves in the foot like again and again and again and being like, why don't we have any money? And then all of us get laid off. So it sucks like it's it directly affects our livelihood. Yes. But at the same time, you're just like, that's hilarious that you all thought what did you <laughs> that think? you could just. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? But like they don't because they're like, I own a cell phone company. Like I don't like comics don't make sense to me. Books don't make sense to me. You know, movies don't really make sense to me outside of like I see like figures and, you know, (laughs) merchandising deals and like, you know, that kind of stuff. And you're just like, man. It's kind of rough, but, you know, that's choke point capitalism. Like, that's kind of just, like, where we've gotten ourselves, right? And uh, you know what? I think this WGA is going to be successful. I think we're going to be— Yes. It better be. I I need, I like, we, well, not just I, but like, we absolutely <laughs> collectively, we. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. we collectively do because um, it's just so weird that you want to automate creativity. Yeah. That's the only thing we like doing. Like, that's the thing. Is like, they're like, now this will free up your time to do bullshit work. And you're just like, none of us want to do that. We want to do art. <laughs> like, shut yes. up. Like, what are you You're talking? ruining like, everything. <laughs> yes. Art right. is the only thing that makes us happy. Like, it's the only thing. Whenever I was a kid going through my worst times of my life, what did I love the most? Comic books. Like, yes. that's the. <laughs> With that, you can't AI that. Like it's and it's not even AI. It's just an algorithm. You all are just exaggerating. You're not there yet. <laughs> You're acting like it's you are. You know, so bad because because um, <sighs> I'm like I'm someone who I'm like no, I want to like I want to go see what it is that they're doing and like why they think it works. So um, right, I checked out ChatGPT and huh, Sarah. I know. If, it's painful. If someone handed <laughs> in a comic script that was written with ChatGBT, it would absolutely look like it was written by ChatGBT. Um, oh, my God. Which is crazy because, like, you could do a better job, um, I don't know, like, plagiarizing by actually just <laughs> searching, you know what I mean? Like, searching the internet and, like, looking for quotes or just, like, whatever. And then, do mm-hmm. I don't know, like... Just being a scumbag that way, but like, yeah, <laughs> Chat GBT in no way, um, like you said, it's an algorithm. It's an algorithm. Like it is just, yeah. pretty, it's like expecting Grammarly to like make to write a Your novel dog, for right? you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like my... okay, but Grammarly is wrong about like half of the things yes, that it tells about me, the grammar. and it's like. Listen, no knock to Grammarly because you've saved my life many times, but that's it. AI is an assistance, is a tool that can help you. It's not the thing that does the whole job because you need a human being to do that. And it's like, that's not even like, you know what? I personally welcome RAI overlords. Like, that's how I am. I'm always like, you know what? If that's the way it's got to be, that's the way it's got to be. I saw iRobot. It's fine. But that's not effective right now. We don't have AI that can do that. You know, like I can't just kick back. But then also it's like you just want art to make money. But that's it. Like you're trying to cut like the expense of actually paying people. But that's the only thing you view art as is something that makes money for Mm -hmm. you. Like for years we've seen these like franchises just be like 
just endless because, you know, investing in new things is risky and because like this and this and this. And it's like in that way, the banks are already making all of our decisions for us all of the time anyway. So it's like that sucks. But that's it is like this is a great thing for people to get actually around and be like, you know what? I'm not going to live like that, (laughs) actually. Like, we're going to start needing that, you know, the people who are making these things to make a living wage. And it's like, nobody's asking for more than a living wage, which is wild, too, because it's I, just like... The bare minimum to make you laugh, which is really hard. <laughs> it's hard. And it's like, even if it was easy, even if I dialed it in, sometimes you dial it in when you're working at the restaurant yes. that day. Sometimes you mm-hmm. dial it in whenever you're... I don't know, a CEO, <laughs> like they dial it in their whole lives and get paid wild amounts of money to do it. So it's like, well, here's my funny. thing. <laughs> like, Yes. And like, you're, you're absolutely right. It's you, people who terrible writers should be paid, but they need, like everyone should be paid what they <laughs> need to be paid because at the very end of the day, like you are still getting a product out of this and no one told anyone to make things cost money. But here we are. Yeah. Um, but here we <laughs> and are. Just, and it's just like, I recently watched um, the newer Dread. Um, so the Judge Dread make, uh, remake. Like that, it like, was like 10, 2010 or something, 2012. Yeah. Um, one of, yeah, like one of those um, around the time we were doing a thing like, hey, mutants and telepaths, like, let's put this in a story. It kind of works. But <laughs> yeah. it was just really weird watching it, though, because like they had these towers which were basically like these apartment communities or this one in, in community inside of like this really big giant tower because of like wars and whatnot, the cursed earth, so on and so forth. But I'm <laughs> right. like, you know, I can't really enjoy this like I used to because like we're on our way there. Like I can see a Tesla building. You're right. Which, which I mean, God bless any soul that, um, or God damn any soul that is. <laughs> And something like that. Because you're <laughs> definitely going to be on fire. You will wake yeah. up and it, the whole entire building will be on fire. But like just <laughs> watching stuff like that, it's just like, yeah, well, you want to automate everything all the way down to creativity. Like this is where we're headed in some way. Like, of course, not to that degree, but um, in right. some kind of way. Because, no, I don't want more time to wash the dishes. That is why we have no. dishwashers, so that I do not have to spend <laughs> that much time. Right. Sometimes I will hand wash dishes because I'm just like, you know what? I'm feeling a little, feeling a little risky today. Let me let me go ahead and do that. And you know what? Dishwashers actually don't get them as clean as your they don't regular process. So <laughs> again, automation fails us <laughs> at yes. every turn. You know, it's it's fine because technology really should be making our lives easier. But obviously, by making our jobs, like, useless and unpaid doesn't make our no, lives it helps, easier. It so. helps no one. Because who's going to buy the things that you're trying to sell if no one has the money? Yeah. And that's the thing that doesn't make any sense. But that's choke point capitalism because it's like they eliminate... Like, capitalism, in order to be, like, a good thing, right, would have to be, like, uh, there'd have to be a lot of competition. Like, you'd have to have, like, a lot of businesses. But the end result of capitalism is is that it will always narrow down to just a few businesses because, obviously, we have antitrust laws, but those have been taking a nap for, like, I don't know, 50 years because they just kind of decided to stop enforcing them. 
because of corrupt politicians, which is always going to be something that happens. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like these these kind of power systems that exist and you're just like, but it's it's always going to lead to this. It's mm-hmm. like always going to get to this place because, you know, choke point capitalism is basically the fact that we only have a few things. And then those businesses in our whole society, our whole quality of life goes down because it's only a few businesses. And so capitalism isn't at that point even working effectively by its own rules or laws. <laughs> so yes. it's just kind of like, <laughs> honestly, you know what? We're here to talk about comics. But yeah. that's the thing is, is like, <laughs> but, but talking about this is talking about comics, you know, because like a lot of comics creators are worried if they're even going to be able to keep doing it right now because of stuff like this. So, well, IDW. Yeah, the IDW thing was is devastating. It is. Um, I was in the middle of working on a project with them. Um, oh, no. And yeah, so the editors that I'm working with, like, they were not affected. But um, another editor who I wanted to work with on originals, mm. Megan Brown, she was like, oh, that sucked immensely. Um, just not even yeah. on a personal note, but like for Megan, because like she's a really great editor. Um, they let go of their entire marketing team. And it's just yeah. like, who's selling your books? That's not a good move. Like, <laughs> like what? Because they're like, oh, we're going to try to recuperate and grow. And it's like, how are you going to grow without a marketing team? Like, that's wild. Because like, you, and that's the other thing, too, because thinking that because of social media influencers and stuff like that, like you could just do that and you'll be fine. And no, you won't because it doesn't work like that. Maybe mm-hmm. you have a one-off here and there where, um, I don't know, somebody gets lucky with um, a social post, a social media post, and it goes viral. But there's still, like, formulas to that. Even And there's, instances- like, a whole lot of people on social media, <laughs> yes. right? So, like, yeah, of course, every now and again, something will go yes. off. Because I we were raised, like, I'm saying we were raised as if we were children when we worked for sci-fi. <laughs> but in some ways we were, right? Yeah. But it's, like, even though we were both, like, in our 30s, right? But it's, like, yeah, um, in some ways children still. Because yeah. we, we've both learned a lot since then, I think. But something about working at sci-fi was we had the benefit of a really talented social media person. Absolutely. And, and, you know, she was able to just engage people on this level that I really just don't see any magazines doing right now and was always pulling people in, interacting, talking it out, like... There was a lot of engagement. So seeing that we know something that took from nothing to something because of that engaging social media presence, I think it's for me and like, I don't know, maybe for you as well, where you kind of look at stuff now and you're like, yeah, your social media, your marketing is like not there because you're good at doing like an ad or you're good at doing this or that, but you don't have that interactive presence, right? Yeah, you you don't have it because you don't want to either hire somebody for it or you Mm -hmm. maybe have hired somebody and you're severely underpaying them. Um, Yeah. Because it's not just tweets. It's not just TikToks. It's not just Instagram reels. Like an actual thought has to be put into it um, so that you can, again, like get that engagement and have somebody workshop it. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like even... um, I guess bringing us back to comics, that is something that I have learned uh, that is very irritating, um, is that it's not even just comics. I think this is across the board for, like, 
just writers in general and having to like be your own marketer because mm-hmm. even if you do have um you know like this bigger company behind you um if you're not writing a on a tentpole book or like just a tempo property um you're not getting that social media backing like it's on you yeah (laughs) it's just like well well the books didn't sell well the books didn't sell because like it was just there my there's no marketing like Like, what do you what do you mean like of course a book like um i don't like nightwing dex books like they're gonna do batman they'll always buy always someone's always gonna buy that but like if you have your own indie situation you gotta market and I think that's a, a a thing that I don't want to say that people don't take in consideration um, when wanting to, you know, pursue writing professionally. But like, that's a very real thing, even at conventions. I'm like, wow, thank God I was like a waitress for two years because yeah. <laughs> it's like, one, I, I know how to deal with custom, like, cause just do the whole customer service thing and like, kind of, you know, deal with folks, um, be it great customers, terrible customers, in-between customers, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But um, I can only imagine, though, like, if I had just, like, never had a job outside of comic writing or writing, or no, just comic writing, I I don't know how that would look. I think I, yeah. to be honest, like, I personally don't think I would have lasted very long at all because <laughs> there are so right. many other skill sets that you need um no i will say that you need um just so that you can have somewhat of a good time because mm-hmm. i've been at conventions and i've like gone to some folks tables and i'm just like i mean you, you're kind of scaring the customers off because like, you're <laughs> yeah. a bit of a jerk it's not enough that you have this it should be well. No, it kind of isn't. You should still kind of be like an okay person, but you like, you it's have not... to be among the people, right? As a creator, pretty much in a way, yes. like you certainly have to listen and engage with others. It is part of the gig, kind of. And it a lot, sucks. I think, a lot of creators like to will have these moments where they're like, okay, I can do this and be engaged. And then I need to take like three months from of like not talking to anybody. Right. <laughs> yes, which is and fair. like, that's, that's fair and fine and good actually. Like take every minute of time you need. And if conventions stress you out, that's okay. Like it's yeah. okay to be stressed, but you know, it's something that, yeah, as you say, you kind of do have to put on your game face because a lot of the people who you're going to encounter, like you, there's no control over those interactions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no. you have no idea what person's going to walk up to your table. <laughs> you they will. have no idea about you half the time. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of one of those things where it's like your people skills. As you say, working at a restaurant, I was a barista for years. Oh, and I will. I know. Like, <laughs> your people skills are up there like with... Because <laughs> like they president. were at six o'clock in the morning oh, too, right? God. Because so Ugh. it would be like you're making like... And I worked... I was a barista in a few different towns, but one of them was Los Angeles, which is like the oh, worst place to be a barista yeah. because every person is just like, I'm in a hurry. How fast can you make this completely ridiculous drink <laughs> with like 70 different specifications? And it's just like, okay, just order your drink. It'll go faster that way. <laughs> you don't have to tell me why you're important because guess what? Everybody is equally important in the coffee line. That's Absolutely. just kind of how it is. No, um, NYCC was an experience. I had a good, I had a great time, um, but like 
busy every single day. I don't think yep. I only left my table either for um, like if I had a panel that day or literally used the bathroom or if I had like a break. But I was there the entire time and it was really fun engaging with folks because online can, even though you're online and you're exposed to so many different people, it can still feel very insular, I guess, mm-hmm. I, in a very weird way. Um, but like being out in the real world and like having FaceTime with folks um, that you that either don't even have social media, but somehow have found you and your work. Um, it's great. Like, that's the thing that when I'm like, I want to flip my laptop or throw it out the window, like those are the, (laughs) um, interactions that I think about that remind me like, oh no, like I, like, this is like, it's fine. Like, this is frustrating, but also there are rewarding moments, except for when this guy asked me if Nubia was one, a character that I made up, and two, did I know that I can get in trouble for using DC's logo? Mm. He was very serious, mm-hmm. which was crazy because mm-hmm. I was sitting with comic book <laughs> sketch art, um, and they have like this whole convoy of tables at conventions. Like, I liken them to. And they're not at all evil, but it just makes me think of like Twister and it was like the competition <laughs> to Helen Hunt and them because <laughs> they had those really nice trucks. But um, yep. I, so I think of them like that. But, you know, I'm in this whole convoy of artists and writers that I'm pretty sure this person was like aware of. I'm like, OK, so one, we're at NYCC. Two, why would I risk like someone coming over from DC or whatever and being like, hey, this book, we didn't license this. Like, are you nuts? <laughs> uh yeah, I know. I don't I don't think I've ever just walked up to somebody who had DC on the cover of their book and was like, Where'd this come from? Like you're doing something illegal. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it seems serious? like a, a pretty, pretty broad leap there. Um yeah. Also, I mean, that was like kind of I not I mean, maybe only in my friend group, but I remember that being a pretty huge book whenever it was coming out. So yes. it's like, <laughs> no, you don't you don't read comics. You don't read comics. Like it's fine. No, the folks who are I've found um who often have a lot to say really actually don't read them or haven't read them I in know. a really long time, which is so interesting, but... Um, oh, and then the people who are like, oh, do you even read comics? And I'm like, you have no idea. Like, you just you don't know. Like, and I'm like, I'm not... If you I'm do. not saying it as like a brag because it's it's not a brag. Trust me. No. That I've, read, I've read every issue of Alpha Flight more than once. That's not a brag, okay? It's just, it happened. It just happened. And like now we have to live with the consequences of me being a huge nerd that read all those comics. You know, like, I don't know. I also read all of Alpha Flight just once. Yeah. Um, but then I'm just like, ooh, I, I think I, I, I kind of want to write Puck. So that's what Yo, came out okay. of. Listen, I want to write Aurora. Like, I'm just oh like, let a lesbian write Aurora. That. Like, yes. please. Like, if anybody should, it should be a lesbian, I think, at this point. It's like Barbara Minerva, where I'm like, well, not quite like Barbara Minerva, but well, where you're just like, look, yeah. just let a lesbian writer eventually. Like, I guess, like, she has been written occasionally by lesbians. Yeah, but, but she should always be. But she should have often, at least often. Yes. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, because what are we doing here? Yeah, I know. I'm just like, Puck is actually really fun. I was talking to 
Spencer Ackerman. Yeah. Like, we became friends because he just hit me up and was like, hey, you want to, like, Spencer's talk about really Alpha Flight cool. or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I do want to talk about Alpha Flight. So, like, it turned into this conversation <laughs> of just being like, wasn't that stuff with Puck so, like, weirdly offensive, but we love him also yeah. somehow? And, like, that's basically the story of Alpha Flight, right? Like, that was offensive, but I love you. I don't know why or how, yeah, but I just I got to that. And I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. With Puck especially, right? Like about halfway through the series, you're like, Bill Mantlo, what are you doing? And that's and speaking as somebody who generally is like, I'm so pro Bill Mantlo, right? Like a lot of his work I think is great. Yeah. His Hulk run is incredible, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, you have this moment of like in Alpha Flight where you're reading and then you're like, I don't, I don't think this is this doesn't seem like it's going in a good place. Like we gotta <laughs> but you know what? I am thankful for those moments when I come across them um, in comics. Because, yes, even though I write them, like, I still read them. Um, and now mm-hmm. when I read them, just, like, when I read something, I'm like, ooh, I don't, like, I'm not sure why they did that, but they did it. I think back, I'm like, okay, well, I should stop stressing about this one thing that I'm doing because it's <laughs> nowhere near whatever this is chances are it's not gonna read like that so no <laughs> i think i'm doing like great I'm like it's okay it, like it, it, it's perfectly fine um because even like doing research <laughs> yeah. for like that dc well the name of the book originally was hell it was hell yeah peacemaker in a long sentence after that i don't remember but i changed <laughs> the name because dc was like well we don't want to overpromise on the amount of peacemaker in this book and i'm like <laughs> you're not overpromising anything but okay just as long as you all send the book to print that's fine by me um so it survived and made it to print but it's called strange and unsung all stars of the dc multi uh, multiverse um and it's a visual encyclopedia it'll be out november 7th you can pre-order it now wherever you pre-order your books yeah but sarah wow what a what a trip that book, writing that book was because first I have to say, and this is no shade to Marvel at all because I love Marvel's cosmic um, side, but wow, mm-hmm. DC's cosmic side of their universe is developed, <laughs> like actually very developed. I mean, in a way that is almost very scary because um, yeah, <laughs> just the Legion of Superheroes alone. And the different planets and, like, the breakdowns for the planets and, like, why the folks are the way that they are. The new God stuff. Marvel is like, oh, we've got another planet. (laughs) And you're like, what? And then it's just like, yeah, Mutant X is going to run 25 issues and it's going to never be mentioned again. And you're like, okay. (laughs) Like, it's always something like that. And then with DC, they're like, no, this, like, random reference from a comic in, like, 1940 is coming back in a big way this year. (laughs) Like, you're just like, you know what? I'm here for it. Yeah, like, I believe you. Hello there. Oh, hi. (laughs) How are you doing today? Well, I just took the biggest drink of coffee, but I think you already knew that. (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, I'm here just to talk about, you know, how great our Patreon is. What's so great about it? (laughs) Well, we talk about a host of things, whether it be comics, movies, people we don't like, people we love, (laughs) animals that we're obsessed with, favorite (laughs) colors, sometimes. 
Pretty recently we did the Star Trek Christmas special, which was fun because it turns out there's no Christmas in Star Trek, but there is a Christmas carol. So that was fun. <laughs> that was pretty fun, but I think it was kind of a psyop. <laughs> <laughs> Most of our Patreon specials are maybe psyops. We have the X-Men specials that I've been doing with Priya. And yeah, there's endless, honestly, just endless. So many others, one billion different things that you could listen to on our Patreon. And if you want to go there today, then you could go to patreon.com slash queerspec. And there are many different tiers to sign up for. However, if you sign up for any tier, you get everything because we're commies. (laughs) (laughs) communism is good kids always remember tune in for our next patreon special the commie special (laughs) are you ready to shop Rakuten's big give week is back get 15% back at hundreds of stores and it's all happening this week May 6th to May 13th It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I love the multiverse stuff. So I wanted to, I I do want to talk about this. This will probably make up the bulk of the end of the interview because I was like, okay, let's not even, let's not even play because this is my favorite era like this is the stuff that i love the most because they this whole uh earth two Earth three you know like these are the things that i love about comics where you're like oh we're in like different world now yeah because like even um so the whole wow so the crisis events Mm -hmm. i have crisis ptsd (laughs) because i I can only imagine realized Sarah, like I, at one point, I was like, if I see the word 
crisis, I am going to scream at the top of my lungs because I it's, will have a crisis. It, was just a lot. it will be my final crisis. Final crisis. Um, but like the first time around when they did it, uh, it was very interesting because a lot of the characters that they bought from other companies, um, Peacemaker included, uh, it was a way to kind of like shoehorn in some of those characters. So like that was fun to kind of discover. Um, mm-hmm. what else? Black Racer, uh, cause mm, love Black Jack Racer, Kirby, right? I mean, it took me <laughs> so like that is something I had to spend like a few days with because it was just mm-hmm. so dense. Yeah. Um, and just like the whole like how does the black racer um exist and like what it means and mm-hmm. like <laughs> It was just a lot. <laughs> so it took me yeah. um, a little while to like write that in a way that didn't make people feel like their brains were going to explode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the new gods, right? Like, that's pretty much yeah. the whole thing. And that's why, I mean, results vary, right? But I will say that people have really struggled to follow up on the new gods in a way that I think is compelling as the original stuff because. You're always like, yeah, I, I see this like spin that you're doing or something, right? And it can mm-hmm. be really fun because you're like, oh, this is a fun reference or whatever. But there's just something so bonkers about those original Jack Kirby comics. I have like the box set upstairs, actually, and it's beautiful. And there's yes. just so many ideas like flying out like at every page that you're just like, no kidding, people can't replicate this. This is like an idea machine. Like this, there's just like everything that's like coming out of this is just like, you know, every third page, my mind is totally blown by something that I just read. And that's kind of, yes. you know, it's like Kirby's <laughs> pinnacle in a way. But it's also like kind of the downside because it made it be like very difficult to follow up on in a way that feels true to the original premise, because to follow up on it, you're automatically doing a spin on something else. Whereas Kirby was doing mm-hmm. a spin on basically stuff that he had been already doing for and like, you know, it was it's Kirby spinning Kirby, basically. Which I, I can't follow that up. I uh, can't follow like, it. I can't, <laughs> no, because like even trying to talk about it, I mean, even Kirby had nothing to do with um, Brother Geek or whatever, or Power something, who I thought was... Actually, a brother. He's not. Um, yeah, he's a doll. <laughs> I mean, he like is a mannequin, a doll. whatever. But even that was like wild because uh, Rachel Pollock wrote. Mm-hmm. It was like a one off. It was like a one shot situation um, with the character, and that is dense. I yeah. had to read that several times to like <laughs> yeah. really take what she was putting to take away what she was putting down. So right, could talk about it effectively with people, but like. I know a lot of folks say that comics are more progressive now, and I would almost argue maybe not. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of older stuff that I ended up reading while doing this where I was just like, oh my God, they let this happen? Like, did they know this was going on? Like, who, <laughs> like, where was this printed? Because I can't believe they actually were able to write this, even the stuff mm-hmm. with Jet. Um, So the Guardians. Uh, not the Guardians. Wait, is it the Guardians of the Globe? The the blue giant head guys? <laughs> yeah, that? that came to Earth and was like, hey, we're going to make um, like seven or eight humans um, yeah. into like superheroes <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I love this. This is so ridiculous. Yeah. 
but like even the character uh jet um so she's a, a jamaican um jamaican woman who is in london i believe and like batman and superman had to come and convince her to like I don't know, like become a superhero. And she's like, okay, Reagan gives a speech, which nope. was supposed to be the thing that like, not necessarily inspired her, but like made her feel okay with like trusting superheroes again. I was like, that is a lie, but okay. <laughs> that is wild. Um, and Reagan is in too many comics, in my humble opinion. Too many. I, I think Why I was just reading there? like a Booster Gold comic and I was like, man, people really viewed this guy in a very different light whenever he was like actually president i think because now we're all like no <laughs> no to that yes. man you know like boo yes. this man <laughs> but, but no like reagan was everywhere um but like writing about her because um during the time that the gardens of the globe was happening um they also took on uh the aids epidemic which yeah. i mean some of the stuff is just it did not well, it wasn't great then and definitely didn't age real sure. well. Like them getting um, a, a HIV being transmitted to them via a, a villain name, the Hobgoblin or something like that. Um, it's a, <laughs> Oh, no, that's a, isn't it like the, not the Hobgoblin, Hemo, um, Hemogoblin, right? Because yes, that's the Hemogoblin, like the, which... It's like a, yeah, no, that's rough stuff. Yeah. It's like, and I was like you know, A okay. for effort, I guess. Like, there's times where I'm like, I, you know what? Like, the legacy virus is messy as hell. Like, you kind of have these things where you're like, at least somebody was trying to talk about it. This mm-hmm. is awful. But, like, at least somebody was trying, I guess. <laughs> like an A for, not even an A, but, like, you get a, a C. Z for, for effort. effort. <laughs> yes, because you, you try. But, like, even with her, um, when I went and I read it, and I was just like, you know, that part aside, because um, it's Jet and there's two other characters who also contract HIV. Um, she's the only one whose HIV uh, turns goes into full-blown AIDS. Um, but it's it's actually handled pretty all right as far as like them having to deal with people being terrible towards them, um, as a lot of people were towards um, folks in um, the LGBTQ community, um, specifically gay men. Um, mm-hmm. So like they do a pretty pretty good job of showing that, but you know it's superheroes having to deal with this. Um, right. I think they go to like a Green Lantern planet or something. Um, but it's like the it's the one um he kind of he's kind of given um feral pig a little bit, but not necessarily yeah. he's pink. But like he's, he's kind of like a big guy. In, yeah, he's a big guy, but he's a big guy who's actually a really like a softy or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he's like trying to help um Jed and it just doesn't work out. So like her last act of um, heroism is like basically keeping off an alien invasion, which does it suck that um, this black woman um, like died, but then was brought back in the comic short. But I thought that that was, if you read the story all uh, up into that, her story up into that point, when you get to it, it's like, actually, no, this, this makes sense for this character. And um, it's actually pretty, pretty darn good. So Originally, they were not going to let me write about her because they wanted to stay away from that. But I'm like, no, right. I'm actually trying to tell you all that this this story that you're scared of um, getting backlash for is actually a story that 
even though it has its problems, is still a very important story. Um, right. And one that was, someone tried. Like, they really did try to write the best that they could at the time. Um, so not to excuse what their stumbles, but, you know, so, you know, someone did it. We we end up doing that a lot with comics, right? Because that's kind of the thing is, is that comics are really put in this unique position of being a media that pretty much anybody can pick up. And so, mm-hmm. you, you know, like, especially back in like the 70s, 80s, you know, whenever it was on the newsstand. So, you know, recently, I, you know, Connor Goldsmith and I were talking about Madeline Pryor and the Genosha arc. And, oh, you know, yeah, that turns into that. this... That turns into a mess, right, in some ways. But then you're also like, yeah, but nobody was talking about, like, apartheid. So it's like, yes, is it a messy metaphor for apartheid? Yeah, totally. But, like, at that time, American complicity in apartheid was, like, this huge, like, unspoken thing that people weren't really tackling in mainstream media as much, right? And so... It's like you have to be like, good effort, you know, great job. And then like in some ways it gives us really great stories. It doesn't mean that you just go like, oh, well, it's not problematic at all, you know, or something or like, oh, that aged perfectly. It's like it ages pretty well for the time, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you can say stuff like that and be like, you know, here's why that's not great. But there's something wonderful about being able to do that and like to be at a place in history where it's like we can look back at that and be like, that's why that wasn't great or like that was a thing that we don't think anymore or something. But in the time of AIDS, like that was something that Mm -hmm. there was so much misinformation around it that people tackling it at all is something Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't say is necessarily inherently like a good thing but I would say that at least showing sympathy because whenever I was a kid like I didn't hear good things about people with AIDS right like you hear bad things and there's like you know there's something to be said about comics being something where like literally any person can pick it up and even if it's like just absolutely bonkers missteps like the whole way like they are at least sympathizing and you're like okay I, at least I can work with that. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm saying I can work with it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then too, like like you said, it's a privilege to even like be in a space where you can be like, hey, this doesn't work. Um, because it's easier, like in high, hindsight is everything. Um, so like if the story is even, you know, 60% pretty, pretty good, then to me, like that's a win. <laughs> and that's somebody who like was... They really tried to do the best with um, what they had. I mean, heck, even the Avengers tackling, um, or not, I don't even think they tackled affirmative action. They just happened to like incorporate it into several stories um, with Sam Wilson becoming a member mm-hmm. of the Avengers for the first time um, as <laughs> the Avengers happened to like meet their affirmative action quota because Black Panther was like, yeah, I got to go back home. I'm actually a king. <laughs> And, and it's so messy, but it's like, it's also like, you know what? I mean, I don't know. Like, they're doing something. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, I feel like whether it was intentional or not, the way that it was handled or the characters were written were still very true to how folks reacted to um, affirmative mm-hmm. action. So and continue to, right? Yeah, and continue to. So, like, even, like, Tony Stark being like, 
we have enough diversity. Like, Beast is on here. Like, mutants. <laughs> mutants totally. Like, we have Wanda and we have Beast. We like, have Wanda and Beast. And you're just like, okay, but <laughs> yes. we need some people who don't commit war crimes every weekend. Like, <laughs> yes. like I love those characters, right? But, like, chill. <laughs> Like, come on, man. Um, so like that, and like Hawkeye being pissed because Sam is like taking a spot, and he's like, he just talks to birds. I'm like, okay, but you don't <laughs> shoot arrows. You're very accurate at what you do. Yeah, but you also like he could he fly then? Yeah, he could fly then because by then he had gotten his wings. Um, so I'm like he can fly. You can't fly. He's so got like, one up on you, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he could talk to birds. So like that, I don't know. Like that. You really don't have a leg to stand on there, um, but sure. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, but like, it's fun. like that's another like it's more than just one comic issue. But like, over the course of I think seven or eight comic issues, you know, sixty percent. I would even give them seventy <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just times, like, definitely. Hey, like you, you all, um, you tackled this and it, it turned out all right. Now, when they did it again in the 90s, I don't know mm, what that's, happened. You're like, okay, hey, it's the 90s now. <laughs> we, we, we have a lot less tolerance for this now. Yes, because I'm like, what is this? I think about Avengers Valkyrie and how like whenever you read that stuff, like back in the day, 70s, like Roy Thomas stuff, you know, come on in, Wasp, the revolution's fine. Like those those <laughs> comics. And yes. I think that, but that's the thing is, is like Roy Thomas is being a jerk to feminists. Like he's being an asshole. Like if you read those early Valkyrie appearances, it's all like, let's kill all the men. And like, you know, all mm-hmm. goofy. And then they're like, oh, little ladies, like you should never have wanted equal rights or something at the end of the story. But <laughs> it's always, it's like, it's always like what I see in that story is I'm like, Valkyrie showed up. She wrecked some shit. It was rad. I love her. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like my takeaway can be different than what the writer intended because the writer is yes. really just being like, this is not what I think is good. And like, I'm going to make it be this like frivolous, like feminism because I like, you know, the the overall commentary is, is that feminism is like this luxury thing for like. Uh, like privileged white women of this era, which is like a common, honestly, a common criticism of feminism of like mm-hmm. the 70s, right? However, not true because there were plenty of f- feminists that were not in that exact demographic at all. But it's just like the idea of Valkyrie is like, oh, let's make fun of this. And then it's like, yeah, but she's so rad. So like, I, <laughs> like, I don't... Joke's on you. Joke's on I you. I like the thing. I took a feminist message out of it anyway. Ha ha. Like, because I just, now I don't like Clint, you know, because Clint is like a jerk about the feminists mm-hmm. at the end of the issue. So I was like, you made me not like the person that you love. So that's how that worked out. <laughs> it's like, um... For, because uh, wow, I completely forgot about this. So uh, Marvel was like, hey, um, you want to create a new character? And I was like, sure. But like, they definitely won't be Wakandan and they won't be a mutant because um, it's, I don't, <laughs> like, there's a lot going on in Wakanda right now. Also, like, there have, I don't want to say there's yeah. enough new characters, but like, it's easy to kind of get lost in the shuffle. Same thing um, with Krakoa, mm-hmm. if Krakoa is even still there. Fall of X. Who knows what can yeah. happen? So I was like, no, we'll see. Um, let's go the classic route. Um, but in that, I was like, hey, Nightshade, uh, originally a villain, um, has been, um, you know, rehabilitized to be uh, 
a hero, quote unquote, but something about that character that I always found interesting and maybe I wasn't supposed to was the fact that she was so brilliant and everything, but because of the time that she grew up in and then like they're leaning into the whole black exploitation thing is that she's this brilliant teenager um, who just got caught up in <laughs> like hey, Reagan, um, crack, like, let's, like, let's have this character kind of get swept up in, like, working with drug dealers and stuff like that, where actually Mm -hmm. this is pre-Reagan. Um, so, like, let's have her do that. And I just thought it was, this should probably shouldn't have been my takeaway, but I was like, well, I mean, you doing this is not too far off from, you know, brilliant people because they don't have access to the same resources as other folks getting mm-hmm. swept up and using what they have to survive. Um, so that's kind of the way that I saw that character. Also, like, you know, turning Captain America into a werewolf because you just it's want funny. To. It's amazing. <laughs> It's funny She's and it's amazing. Funny. Like, that's fun. <laughs> that's the thing. Once you've seen that cover, you'll remember it for the rest of your life. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, good luck. Yes. If I'm not supposed to sympathize with that character, I don't know what y'all were doing because <laughs> I do. Because, like, why, like, turning this, this white guy? Because also Steve isn't even, uh, I don't even want to get into, like, why I think. <laughs> Winter, um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldiers should have been, they should have kept Steve on. So, because I don't know, like his story works better when you introduce uh, Johnny Walker. Um, It just works Mm -hmm. better because that character exists to show you that, um, you know, it's like, that's not what Steve represents. Like, this is what this suit represents. If somebody who is terrible person wears a suit, then you're going to have terrible things to happen. But anyway... Um, I was just like, hey, that's a whole nother interview almost. Because yeah, that's a like, whole well, What do you another... think about, what do you think about Captain America? Let's go. All right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it was, that is another episode y'all. But, um, <laughs> Steve, I'm, I'm okay with Steve for the most part. Like he's, you know, he's a, he is kind of like Hank Hill to me, um, <laughs> where, yeah, <laughs> like Hank. Hank tries, right? Um, Hank, I believe even now, they I think they're supposed to be doing like a revival of the show, but like Hank is someone uh-huh. that probably might say something inflammatory, but if he is if he learns differently, like by the end of the episode, he's like, Oh, wait, that is actually Bobby, that's actually really wrong. We shouldn't be doing that. Um right. so you know, Hank. The episode where Peggy um, ends up uh, befriending um, the drag queen, right? Yep. Uh, That episode, I actually really love that episode. But even then you see Hank, as uncomfortable as he is, still like go to bat for, um, go to bat for that character and support Peggy, support the other character and everything. And just like, yeah. Because there are people that actually care about their community. Like, that's what you always yes. get from Hank and Peggy. <laughs> yes. And it's like, that's the that's why it's like, I remember, I've talked to my brother about this. We were raised in, like, rural Missouri and stuff. So we see, like, the bad side of a lot of, like, any time somebody is like, hillbillies are good deep down. We're just like, not the ones we know. But <laughs> it's like, so we have, like, you know, a very, like, kind of cynical edge towards media like that. But I was talking to my brother, actually, about the show because... 
it was like, why does this work? And it's like, because they care about their community more than they care about their own hangups and bullshit, right? Yeah. Like, they're always, like, nobody's mean to Dale's wife, Nancy, right? Like, nobody's really mean to her because she cheats on Dale. Like, everybody <laughs> knows what's going on with each other, but it's like, they're irritated with Dale because Dale's off his rocker, right? Like, he's bonkers, and always doing wild things, but like they still take care of him. And like they, mm-hmm. there's this kind of network of care around them. Whereas, like, yeah, for a long time, he doesn't even like Luann and he's like, why is she living with us? And then whenever mm-hmm. he's like, no, I will go absolutely to bat with Luann, that's when Hank Hill becomes a good character because you're just yes. like, yes. I believe in you now because you're the guy like we hate John Wayne because John Wayne was a Nazi in real life. But like there's this image of John Wayne as being this person who's like the decent dude. Right. And it's like Mm -hmm. that doesn't play out in his movies. So that's not real. But you have this image of what that could be. And we love that guy. And like to me, that's like a lot of what like I get what you mean with like Steve because you're like. This is a guy who in many ways has this immense privilege. And like he was at one time somebody who was made fun of for being small. But like that's so far in the past so that he's just mm-hmm. a completely different person now. Um, but you're also like, you know what? He is the guy where like, you know, I don't always agree with you, Captain America, but he'll like reach his hand out to you whenever you fall, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's like, our, he's our buddy. And like, he's like, you know, that's what you want from these characters is like, maybe they don't totally understand things, but they know that it's on them that they don't understand it. Right. And I think that that's something that yeah. I love about Hank Hill. <laughs> I love that this just turned into this. <laughs> I was like, not planning on it, but I'm very excited because that's what's good about it. Right. Like, that's why I like King of the Hill. I listen, King of the Hill is my nightly watch. Um, so it, it it goes between King of the Hill or Bob's Burgers. Um, but yeah. it's normally King of the Hill because it's just, it's a comfort show. And like you said, yeah. because the show is so about community um, at the very end of the day, like it's just a, it's a really good time. I think I was, I don't, I don't recall what episode I was watching, but like I got a little teary eyed and I was like, wait, mm-hmm. What's happening here? Am I but, crying like, to King of the Hill? To King of the Hill, but like it, um, it just gets really, it just gets really deep. Like them it does, not liking, actually. like, because <laughs> like Hank not liking Khan has absolutely nothing to do um, with Khan's um, ethnicity. Is because Khan is a jackass, and they're but totally okay. different personality types. Like, yes, there's, yes. There's, like, <laughs> There's a snarkiness in Khan that, like, and I don't I think him. Hank can be on. He, like, can't catch up to it, right? He's like, no. oh. But then when they bond, it's extra sweet. It's and, like, that's so that's good. kind of the thing is, is, like, I think King of the Hill really shows you that, you know, a lot of the people that on paper would be your friends aren't necessarily going to be your mm-hmm. friends. But, like, the thing, too, is, like, what's more beautiful than the story of him and Bobby and, like, him just having oh, this kid yes. who isn't, like, the kid that he thought he was going to be. And, like, he still just loves him so much. And the whole point of King of the Hill over all of its episodes and all of its seasons is is that 
Hank listens to Bobby because he knows that Bobby's right. Like, that's always the thing eventually that it comes around to because for a long time, he's like, I need to try to help Bobby be like the person that I want him to be. And eventually it turns into Bobby's already like a better person than I am in a lot of ways. And like, that's a beautiful story. It's like, I mean, Bobby, who's like out here just being so funny and like he loves to dance and like be just kind of out there with himself. And that's so opposite to Hank that he just doesn't even understand it. And then ultimately, you know, this kind of, I mean, I don't know that Bobby is ever going to be like gender nonconforming, but I think that he has elements of that, right? And so I have to agree. And so it's like the idea of Hank just being like, no, I love you, like is just beautiful. Like a lot of us do get that from our parents. A lot of us don't get that from our parents. But even if you do or don't, I just think it's beautiful to watch because it's like, that's what you will love to see from your parents, you know, and that's what your parents will love to see from you theoretically is that you become (laughs) a better person than them. Cause even, um, cause even cotton has those moments with. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Actually, I think that was probably one of the episodes where I got a little teary eyed because it was one of those moments that cotton either had with either Hank. It more than likely was probably Bobby. And I was like, wait, cotton, you still suck. But yeah, you do have the capacity um, to be a better person. And I think that's the other thing that I really like about that show is that it shows it because like at the at the end of the day, um, I hate to even say that, but (laughs) I mean, are there some people that we can absolutely just like cut off? It's just like there is no help, no hope. Absolutely. (laughs) There's like a few people, right? Yeah, they'll... Yeah, yeah, but like there's, but those are like really extreme cases, and oftentimes are few. But there are so many people that reside in the. You can be better, and you have the capacity to be better. Um, and I think I just like the reminder from a show like King of the Hill that, again, hopefully through the power of community and like remembering that we are a part of communities, um, that you know, the world could be a better place. I mean, hell, like, that's the reason why I wrote uh, Nubian Amazons with the idea as far as the mascara was concerned because it's a paradise, sure, but, like, that is subjective. Um, And it's still, like, it's still operated, like, through monarchy. So because it is still operated through that, like, there's still going to be friction there. So regardless Mm -hmm. of whether it's void of men, like, okay, fine, but... All problems are not gone. Um, yeah. Are they as Hippolyta dire? Hippolyta is going to be a dick sometimes. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it's going to... And that's... But, the, like, that's that's okay. Um, like, let's talk about that. Like, let's discover and, like, explore and see, like, what that looks like. Um, because, I don't know, like, we're human. So everything is not going to be bubble... Uh, bubble gum drops while I've been watching too much Powerpuff Girls. Um, (laughs) It's not going to be like this sunny, shiny rainbow. And I think that that is okay um, as long as like we're able to like work through it and be better and hopefully like not have to repeat the same BS over and over and over again because nobody's actually learned anything. Um, Right. Nobody's listening, right? Yeah, that's the mom and me coming out. 
I just hope that we can come together and have an agreement. Yeah, that's hilarious. It is the mom. And this is at the beginning of the interview. I asked for some mom interaction and I have gotten it and I am happy. I was going to say that my favorite take on Diana it was the true Amazon by Jill Thompson because oh that God, comic yes. shows her really fucking up, right? Like she mm-hmm. actually causes someone's death by accident, but it's all about her ego. And like, I just loved that because I was like, she's so problematic in this, but we don't get to see her be that often, right? Like yeah. we have this idea of Diana of like, you know, they tried to do that. Like, oh no, she's like tough and she'll kill like a super villain or like whatever. But it's like, you see this very moral character who doesn't have like a lot of mistakes, you know, like absolute mistakes. Cause killing Maxwell Lord was not a mistake. That was an intentional no. thing. And it was on purpose and it was good to do because otherwise Superman was going to kill everybody. I don't know what they wanted from her on that front. But <laughs> but I think that, like, that was kind of the thing with, like, watching her be able to fail. And to me, that's going to be the spirit of pretty much any great Wonder Woman slash King of the Hill <laughs> narrative. <laughs> and because you have people around you who are willing to work with you. And it's like, that's kind of something that I think is... Uh, it's what you love to see. It's like why the X-Men often are such a good book is because you have that kind of network that forms even around somebody like Logan, who in the very beginning is like insufferable in the X-Men comics. Oh, and then slowly with like Storm repeatedly shocking him <laughs> every time he's annoying in a meeting, um, you know, he eventually becomes a, a actually admirable team player, which I think definitely comes up in the family schnick. Like you have this guy who's definitely kind of rough around the edges, but he's a family man now, just the same as Scott is. So you kind of, we've seen him change. Yeah. And <laughs> And I hate to say, well, no, I don't hate to say this. I enjoy saying it. But, like, so (laughs) Hank Hill is kind of, like, my barometer for (laughs) when I'm looking at different, uh, really more so male characters in comics. um, Like, where do they fit on the scale of Hank Hill? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because, because again, like, I I just think that character... um, it's just so well done um, and really is a, a great gauge for, well, how involved in the community do, do you want your character? Because Bruce is also another another Hank Hill, and I can't even believe I'm saying that, but, like, Bruce <laughs> is. Um, he is. We love to joke. We like to joke about him being terrible to, like, you know, beating up on folks who don't have health insurance and, right, like, right. in the Wayne Hospital. But, um, no, at the very end of the day, like, Bruce is a really solid character and for the most part, given everything that he's been through, a fairly solid person. Um, I loved uh, Mariko Tamaki's detective comics because I think that Bruce, first of all, she's smart, right? Because she gets rid of Bruce pretty fast. Like she's like, all right, let's Mm -hmm. let's focus on the people who matter. Huntress, (laughs) like Batwoman. Yep. But um, (laughs) which is fine. We want to see it. But That's it is like the Bruce that you see there is someone who, you know, a character dies and he's in the he discovers her and he's just like, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, like you see this man who is all about community, who takes every loss super personally. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's great at talking to people like that's something that you just don't see of him enough is, is that 
As much as Dick is great at being nice to people and smoothing things over, Batman's great at connecting with people on this kind of very human level. And whenever writers take him on, I just, I always love to see that from him, right? Because, and that's because he is kind of that Hank Hill oriented (laughs) guy who's always eventually going to accept Dick Grayson as his own man, even though it's rocky for a while, right? Yeah, uh, you know, maybe one day I'm going to pitch a book and it's going to be like, where do these characters, the the scale of Hank Hill, <laughs> and it'll just be this compilation. It'll be a, another visual encyclopedia of different characters um, throughout pop culture and where they land on that scale. Because um, it's just really funny. Um, as a queer black woman, like I never would have thought. So <laughs> like King of the Hill would be <laughs> one that um was so near and dear to me, but like it is. Um and it's something that I always have those characters in mind um when I'm writing something because I just think I just it's just so balanced. It is, yeah. I don't know, like something I strive for, um, even in my own work, because like and that's the other thing, like <laughs> writing like writing characters doing like stuff that of course you wouldn't do but like of course they do like it's that's what they would do um and like trying to remember that and like oh wait no you're not the terrible person I mean you might be because you wrote this but um (laughs) this isn't a thing that you personally would do but right no you looked at their history yes no and you know what it's hard not to Oh my! It's God, hard so not hard. to agree with Poison Ivy. Like that oh, is a character yeah. where it just gets more relevant with time. Where you're just like, uh, you know what? I'm just like obsessed with this this lady. I mean, it's like if this person exists in life, we all just have like the biggest crush on her because every time she would enter a room, she'd be talking about a botanical science and like saving the world. And it's like, of course, we would be so compelled by this person, and it'd be like, yes, sometimes she does plan to kill all humans in the pursuit of that plan but but so do we in our minds sometimes you know it's like that's kind of the thing is sometimes you really do question like humans are causing like literally the sixth extinction right now like is that okay like it seems like we have a lot to answer for on that and of course it's mostly like corporations but like that's the thing. There was a, a whole window of time where we could have shut down a lot of those corporations and we didn't do it. So you have this thing where you're like, I don't know, Pamela, like you could convince me like it's, you know, you just you, you're like you're really well dressed. Like you're talking about really smart things like I could be convinced. Yeah. Pollen right now wouldn't be so bad because you would have known that it did. You would have helped. A- yeah, and you would have known it didn't make a lot of sense to plant male trees just simply because of whatever goofy development um, plan was laid out. Yeah. And we wouldn't be like, <laughs> we'd be I, like all over the swaths of our population wouldn't be dealing with that right now. Because yes. you would have made sure that everything, I mean, she takes care of like the orphans during, you know, it's like there's just yeah. a lot of things where you're like, I don't know. I'm on her side. <laughs> like I, I even like the kind of right here. I she's right. You know. Um, it's, I mean, you know. it's like she does these moments where you're like, maybe I can't agree with that, but I do still think you're going in a great direction. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> yes. I can't totally agree with like this outright like murder plan that you have, but like 
I don't know. Sometimes you're just killing billionaires that are like literally causing mass pollution. And you're just like, I don't, it's a crime that I, that we don't have a punishment for. So like what we got to figure something out or she's going to step in. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm just going to look the other way on this one. Um, Because if Poison (laughs) Ivy came in and uh, got rid of all of my student loan debt, I, I, you wouldn't be able to get me to say a thing about her that was negative. That's it. Yeah. And Batman's always like, stop being so hot while you're being so good at things. And it's yes. just like, that's how we all feel. We like all are just like, Pamela, stop being so hot for five seconds so that we can like have a conversation about this plan that you have. It's just like, nope, she's just going to be hot. Zoom right past us. Go into the next phase. Like, we're just oh, like, that's isn't that truly what the life of Harley Quinn is at this point? Is just being like, I don't know about that. God, you're hot. Like, let's make out. And then yes, Pamela's that is, like, that is, all right, that, we'll take a little break and I'll do my yeah. thing and you'll do your thing. And it's like, well, that's we are we are all Harleen Quinzel once again. Once again. Um, and actually, that feels like a great way to end the conversation. Is that it sure does. At the very end of the day, we are all Dr. Yeah. We're all just <laughs> Harleen Quinzel with a notebook staring into Pamela Isley's eyes. And you know what? I don't need a, I don't need a better world than that. But <laughs> I, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish, I mean, you know, regret. I wish that I had talked to you more about, you know, this most recent book. But the fun thing about, you know, knowing you, having you on the podcast is we're always going to do this again. So, <laughs> yes. And I, to be honest, I mean, listen, dear listeners, you got some nuggets here. Um, because, yeah. listen, the things that I've written, you can read them at any time. But me talking about things candidly, you're not going to get that because um, <laughs> I will not be this huge on um, Twitter or anywhere uh, anytime <laughs> soon. So, um so yeah, uh, thank you so much for another invitation. And I'm hoping if schedules align, that um, for real, for real, when Halloween rolls around, I can come on because I recently been watching. I finally watched It Follows. Um, I know I'm Yay! super late. Well, I, you can. You're right on time as far as I'm concerned. Yes. So we can talk about that around then. I finally watched Annabelle, which yep. deep regret because it kept me up. <laughs> two nights um so i'm making my way slowly down the conjuring universe um mm. i might not be right by the time october october rolls around so you <laughs> know what crossed. i just did like a whole west craven marathon and that's it it's like it's not just yeah. halloween anymore we're just doing it 24 7 with the horror i've been i have like a shutter subscription and i've just been clocking through like as many movies as i can like i just deleted everything else i was like there's too many streaming services i end up getting like a choice anxiety and not watching anything so now i'm like let's just do shutter (laughs) watch like a bunch of slashers in a row for months at a time and then like you know we'll be fine We'll be fine. Um, so I am looking forward to that conversation because who knows what I'll watch between now and then, but I can guarantee it'll be a great conversation because Stephanie will be freaked out. <laughs> yes, I love it. I am so excited. And, you know, listeners, go back and listen to the other horror yes. conversations <laughs> that we've had 
with Stephanie because they're some of my favorite episodes. We also do them. We've done other ones with uh, Kate Warner, our sound person. Yeah. Uh, Priya Saxena has been on, I believe, at least one of them. And it's honestly just one of my favorite things to be like, everybody choose a movie. We'll all watch the movie and then we'll talk about the movie. It's it's, it's like a truly time. flawless. <laughs> and it, it's like horror is the one for some reason because it's just my favorite genre. And once... It's like almost everybody who I know, even tangentially, just kind of gets drawn into my love for horror at a certain point, even if it's not primarily their thing. Like, I'll just be like, but you should clearly love this movie. Like, The Babadook is for everybody, you know, or something. So you, it's like very, like, gateway, to, you know, like, yeah, just try this one and then we'll move up to the Scream franchise and then we'll be watching Leatherface, you know, like... <laughs> This is just kind of how it goes. So I'm excited because, you know, um, I know that you love horror just as much as I do. So it's always something where it's, you know, it, I, it gets me excited to talk to people because I'm just like, yes, like you're going to be the same goblin that I am about this. Oh, guaranteed. Um, I will be a Smeagol <laughs> by the time October runs around. <laughs> trust me. It's like I'm catching up on all kinds of titles that I just didn't watch because either they were getting talked about a lot and it's not that I didn't, I guess I was being like a petty Gemini and I was like, I don't want to watch it right now because everyone's loving it. Everybody it likes later. it. I don't want to watch it right now. That's how it is sometimes. I can't, I, I don't read weekly X-Men comics because I'm like, I oh, want to talk know. about it when everybody else is talking about it. I want to talk about it later, um, like four years <laughs> yeah. later. When I have time to emotionally process what I'm going through, which is like, I I personally need a lot of time with art because I don't very easily disconnect myself from art. So it'll be like, you know, Mm -hmm. you read something and you're like, I have immediate thoughts. And then you're like, okay, but three months are going to pass. And then what am I going to think about it then? Yeah, because I'm like, (laughs) what am I going to think five years from now? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) always, always. It is our prerogative to change our minds. That is for sure. But yes, yeah. Where can you said not so much online these days, but you have plenty of books right now. I don't know that you can list all of them, <laughs> but I, if, yeah, get just... a Marvel Unlimited <laughs> subscription first of all, because not only did you do great Unlimited comics, but it honestly is just always fun to read the yeah. Unlimited comics. There's been a ton of great creators. Uh, working on those so any any one you click on you're probably gonna have a good time in my opinion no you're you're legit gonna have a good time because infinity comics truly is where it's at um it's actually surprising um how well that format has done for them but i'm i'm happy that it has but Mm -hmm. yes marvel unlimited i would even say dc universe infinite or infinite whatever it's called the dc one (laughs) get Mm -hmm. that so what's coming out in June, um, there is Marvel Voices uh, Pride, where right. my new character Logan um, Lewis, a little alliteration there, um, she'll be getting introduced. And then I wrote a Magic: The Gathering um, story starring Jace and Vraska. Um, so it's a little romance, um, little swashbuckling romance, which I mm. really enjoy writing that. So that'll be out. Mm-hmm. Actually, both of those come out on the same day, June fourteenth. So. Please, if you, um, you know, could be so kind, either either digital or physical, uh, check those two things out. And yeah, more stuff is on the way. Um, What those things are, I don't even know. So uh, we will both, we will all find out at the same time. (laughs) You'll write something and then it goes into like revisions or like 
in the case of Hasbro and My Little Pony, like they'll look at it and get back to you like four months later. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. Every time I try to end a podcast episode right now, I'm like, well, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And you, it's just such a big list. At a certain point, you're just like, check out the link tree. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> just go check, go out. check out that or like my website, <laughs> which I probably need to update way more. But- yeah, I just updated mine. Yes. Oh, good. Yes. Good. Cheese. Yes. So if you check my website out, you'll also see those things. And like Twitter, um, like just using it for announcements. So I'll always log on to make an announcement there. Um, Instagram and TikTok, I'm a little bit more active, but also kind of the same because, you know, it's just nice to kind of not be plugged, so plugged in. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, but you it's should something be you kind of got to do, right? Yes. <laughs> you yeah, should listen you to this it. episode, but beyond yes. that. But it's like <laughs> podcasts, podcasts are minimal labor on your point. Like you don't have to interact too much. Like you can like holler at mm. us, give us a good rating or something. But for the most part, it's kind of like a passive medium, whereas social media is like, and what do you have to say about this thing that you just found out about five seconds ago and have not possibly oh, had I- time to research? <laughs> Yes, I'm like, I'm screaming. I don't know. Please leave me alone. I'm scared. Mom, pick me up. Mom. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will talk to you again soon, of course. And thank you so much for making the time. Of course, go check out the long title book. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Check that out. I'll post it and it'll, it'll be there. Yes. Okay, great. I'm ex- I'm so excited to read it because yeah we'll probably actually we'll probably have you back on right around that time so that we yes. can talk about all of this. Okay. So thank you so much Stephanie. Thank you so much listeners of Bitches on Comics and of course as I always say please go back and listen to every other episode with Stephanie and there will be more links in those as well. But for now, appreciate everybody being here and a goodbye. <laughs> Bye. You're listening to Bitches on Comics, distributed by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Find more shows like Bitches on Comics by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm. Thank you for listening to Bitches on Comics. We are a bi-weekly podcast where we talk to your favorite comics and pop culture creators and critics about what matters to them in comics and pop culture, as you might have guessed. You can follow us on Twitter at at BitchesOnComics and on Instagram at at BitchesOnComics. Our website is, brace yourself, BitchesOnComics.com. If you go there, you can listen to any of our episodes and we've got other shit that we put on tabs. I don't remember what it is. I am in charge of updating the website, however, so good luck. (laughs) Thanks for the heads up. I'll go to this website now. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support the podcast by joining us on Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash queerspec to learn more. I'm Sarah Century, and you can find me at www.sarahcentury.com and Twitter and Instagram. Still Sarah Century on those. I'm S.E. Fleenor. You can learn more about me at sefleenor.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at S.E. underscore Fleenor. I'm Monica Estrella and you can find me at www.audreysrevenge.com or on Twitter at Audrey Revenge.
Bitches on Comics is recorded by Kate Warner, who plays in the band Church Fire. You can find them at churchfiremusic.com. Our music is recorded by Katie Taylor, who plays as Earth Control Pill. You can find her music at earthcontrolpill.bandcamp.com. Bitches on Comics is recorded in Denver, Colorado. We want to recognize the indigenous peoples who have inhabited and do inhabit this land. The Arapaho Nation, the Ute Nation, the Cheyenne Nation, and others who have been erased from our history and collective memories through colonization. Once upon a time, there was a girl who dreamed of flying through the stars, who dared to resist injustice, who lived to a beat and a rhythm that was all her own. Her name was Chloe, Frida, Oprah, Celia Cruz, Josephine, Greta, Ruth, Alice. One day, she wondered, could today be the beginning of something new? This was her one opportunity to do something, something big. So that's exactly what she did. Along the way, she discovered that she wasn't alone. Her body felt strong, her mind sharp. She was prepared to work as hard as it took. Her words were making a real change, and she felt powerful. I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jamila Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio.